check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Adi Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. We'll start in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of All Steelers Talk found on Sports Illustrated, allsteelers.com or si.com slash NFL slash Steelers. I'm your host, Donnie Druin, joined weekly my, uh, I, I don't want to say co-host, but um, I, I guess the uh, the stepping stone everybody <laughs> aspires to be, Noah Strackbein, lead reporter for All Steelers. How are you, my man? Uh, I'm doing great as always. And I got to say, if we're aspiring to be anybody, I'm aspiring to be Donnie Drune on a daily basis <laughs> on, in every aspect of life. Donnie Drew. Man, much appreciated. Thank you very much for those kind words. A lot to talk about on All Steelers Talk. Uh, the weekly episode found Thursday mornings. You can catch us. Sometimes we go live on Wednesday nights. Really, it just depends on what we are feeling that week. But as you are listening to this, Mason Rudolph answered questions from the media earlier this week and said that he's indeed looking to be the starting quarterback in 2022. A lot of people got upset over it, but... I, I'm not really sure you put Mason Rudolph in a position in front of a microphone and expect him to say anything less. No, he can't. When people are saying Mason Rudolph is talking about being the next starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, what did they expect him to say? Did they expect him to go up there and just say, well, you know, I'm cool with a backup, and I was pretty upset that they gave me another $5 million to play football. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, 100%, man. And I think if you want to kind of dig a little bit deeper into Mason Rudolph's comments, he, it, it was kind of weird he specifically mentioned 2022. Does he have any inside info? Does he think Big Ben's last year is this year? I mean, is, it, is, is he the next NFL insider? It kind of <laughs> – Mason Rudolph always has some good tidbits, but – it, it sounds at this point that everybody just believes that it's Ben's last year. I mean, Juju said it earlier today. Mason said it the other day. Anybody who's talking about Ben just seems to think that after the season, it's over. I don't know if he said that to his teammates or if he said that out loud at all or if that's just what everybody assumes. But that's what the narrative was, what, six months ago? And mm -hmm. if all of his players are just going by that, then that's what they're going to stick with until he probably tells them otherwise. So Mr. Rudolph, um, you know, early pick whenever he was drafted by the Steelers, he's always kind of been seen as the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger. This offseason, they bring back Josh Dobbs. They bring in Dwayne Haskins on a very, very team-friendly deal. Uh, at worst, it looks like there's going to be a lot of competition for Mason Rudolph pushing to 2022. However, he is the only quarterback currently under contract for the 2022 season. Um, do you see Dobbs or Haskins kind of sticking around and pushing Rudolph to his limits, or do you think the job is all his after Ben Roethlisberger hangs it up? I don't know. I mean, it, from an outsider's perspective, everybody seems to think that Dwayne Haskins is the dude, and he's definitely the most exciting name at OTAs. I mean, everybody's talking about throwing through car washes, and Ben's all excited about him. But when you watch him, I mean, they did individual drills on Tuesday or on Wednesday. And they were thrown into a trash can. Ben was the only one to make it into the trash can. Besides that, nobody came 
pretty close. I mean, Josh Dobbs hit it once or twice. Mason hit it once or twice. Dwayne Haskins was nowhere to be found. And then Mike Prezuda with WVEA, if I'm saying that right, um, tweeted out the other day, Dwayne Haskins overthrowing the car wash. And that just, it makes sense. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is a guy that, yeah, he's super exciting. He's the former 15th overall pick. The dude's here on making $700,000 in a season. But there's, that's it. You know, he's got a name and he's got a good reputation on the field. But until he proves anything, the Steelers love Mason Rudolph. They're going to continue to love Mason Rudolph. And yeah, he's super, super boring. But we both know that he's efficient. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, which is pretty good for somebody who's going to transition into a new offense. And he's been here long enough where he understands the team and he has chemistry with these guys longer than pretty much everybody, including Dobbs, who might be a sneaky number two behind Mason Rudolph moving forward. Yeah, indeed. And I think this is definitely my favorite time of year where guys are running around in shorts and helmets and people are ready to proclaim all of this stuff. And, you know, (laughs) granted, nobody's rooting against Dwayne Haskins or let me correct that. Nobody should be rooting against Dwayne Haskins. But, you know, there's it's a totally different ballgame when you're playing against legitimate competition and games actually mean something as opposed to just, you know, OTAs, you know, heading into training camp and all that good stuff. But Nonetheless, Mason Rudolph said he wants to be the guy in 2022. I, I've at least held the sentiment that he is the Steelers game plan at least for one year after Big Ben retires. So he mm-hmm. might be a bridge quarterback. You, you never really know. Um, but it's kind of taking it from there. Do you think that Mason Rudolph has what it takes to lead the Steelers to a playoff run? Should we get to that point? That's what I was going to say is when the games open up, when you said that there's a difference between playing in shorts and playing on the field, Mason Rudolph is a guy who, yeah, he's eight and three as a starter or eight and four, I believe, after the Browns loss last season. But he's clearly a guy that's not going to win you a Super Bowl, at least not right now. So when you look at all these guys and maybe outside of Josh Dobbs, who doesn't really have any resume to go off of whatsoever, Dwayne Haskins at one point was considered to be the revival quarterback of the Washington football team. Why not Why not be the revival quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers? I mean, if that's where we're at, I just think that when it comes to a playoff push, and that's the ultimate goal because the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, you look at their defense, that's not going anywhere. It's probably going to be one of, if not the best in the league again. You look at their offense, Najee Harris, brand new, uh, a wide receiver core that even if they lose Juju Smith-Schuster by the time somebody else starts, they still have Chase, Deontay, probably Eric Ebron moving forward, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Ray Ray McLeod's probably going to be a long-term plan for these guys. They have, the, they have the pieces. The offensive line's pretty much brand new, could turn into something good in the next two years. Why would you waste that with a bridge quarterback who isn't going to get you anywhere? You know what I'm saying? And I think that's been our argument for the last year and a half is that Mason Rudolph is probably a really good bridge quarterback, but you don't need a bridge quarterback if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, because the Pittsburgh Steelers are always in win now mode. And maybe Dwayne Haskins adds that little flair that takes you from bridge quarterback to potential starter in the NFL. Yeah, maybe just maybe I, I fully anticipate Haskins and Dobbs being back onto the roster or at least one of the two at very bare minimum especially if Big Ben does decide to hang it up, heading into 2022 at very worst case scenario, it pushes Rudolph to become a better guy. And you know what? If Haskins or Dobbs go into training camp, go into the preseason and perform better than Mason Rudolph, 
then you know they're they're a starter albeit you know I, I don't really think you can have any arguments just because you spend an early pick on mason rudolph does not mean you have to start him and i think that's what a lot of people kind of um like to uh preemptively you know put in their heads just because they took him in what the, the third round a few yeah. years ago you know and granted he has been the guy behind ben roethlisberger and that was the point we touched on in the last week's episode if you haven't caught it go to allsteelers.com or find us on Twitter at SI underscore Steelers. We talked about how Big Ben's relationship with Mason Rudolph wasn't necessarily, at least on paper, at least to people like you and I in the outside public, Yep. on par with guys like Josh Dobbs, who looks like he had a pretty good relationship with a guy like Big Ben, and then Big Ben throwing compliments out left to right to a guy like Dwayne Haskins. Yep, yep. Mason is just sitting there. Like, what, what about me, man? What did yeah. I ever do? Big Ben, the only thing Big Ben's ever said about Mason Rudolph is I don't want to coach him to be the next quarterback. That's all he's ever said. And Dwayne Haskins is out here for three days. And, and granted, Ben is a totally different person than he was when Mason Rudolph was drafted. And he's a much better you know, veteran. He, he understands that his career is coming to the end. He's accepted all these things. But still, I mean, right now, if when you're asking Ben about guys like Josh Dobbs and like Mason Rudolph and like Dwayne Haskins, it still just sounds like Mason is just getting swept under the rug. He's just here. You know what I mean? And maybe that's just because Mason Rudolph is just the guy that's just here. I mean, if you had to pick any Steelers quarterback that Mason Rudolph reminds you of, at least to me, the first name that comes to mind is Landry Jones. Yep. He's a guy yep. that's he's here. If you need to put him in, he's probably going to win you a game or two. That's totally fine. You could trust him enough to lead a second half, whatever, as long as you're up and Ben has to leave the game for some reason. But nobody's looking at him going, that guy is going to win a Super Bowl one day. Maybe they're looking at him going, that guy could win an XFL championship one day. I don't know. Yeah, I just think at the end of the day, the Steelers always like to prepare themselves for the future so they don't have to necessarily panic outside of the Trell Edmonds draft pick in the first yeah. round a few years back. Um, them having Mason under contract in 2022, a lot of people will look at that and say, oh, like, you know, he's a starter automatically once Ben hangs it up. Mm-hmm. Maybe or maybe not. You know, maybe they don't want to put themselves in the bind to where they're solely relying on having to find another quarterback in that very worst, you know, case scenario. Mason Rudolph will be that guy. And I've said this a few times before, you know, heading through the offseason, is that the Steelers have been very, very vocally confident in Mason Rudolph. But it's very easy to be confident in him when your chips in the middle of the table aren't necessarily riding on him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mason Rudolph is the perfect quarterback to keep around for another season on a pretty low-end deal as just an a just-in-case. But that just-in-case can also be just in case we go and draft a quarterback so we could have a reliable backup. That just in case could just be maybe Dwayne Haskins is the future, but Mason Rudolph understands this team better so he can help him develop. Mason Rudolph can be here for a million different reasons, and his contract moving forward could be here for a billion different reasons. I think we just kind of all assumed that he's the starter I think that that narrative is kind of taking a dip at this point. I don't I don't think it's as certain as it was six months ago. Well, no, you know what happens when you assume, and I can't say that on the air for legality purposes, but going from throwing the ball to catching the ball, Steelers superstar receiver Juju Smith-Schuster spoke to media today, at least the day we're recording on, uh, you know, that being a Wednesday afternoon, 
and had a few interesting things to say. I, I think he's a very forward thinking guy whenever it comes to speaking to the media. He's always got a couple of good sound bites in him, uh, purple hair and all. And I, I think he touched on a little bit, you know, for the present and a little bit on his future as well. Back for me to come back for another four more years and have nine years as a stiller would be um, tremendous and remarkable. And uh, it's it'd be un, unheard of from a receiver, from a receiver standpoint. Um, so I mean, no doubt, like don't don't get it wrong. Pittsburgh is definitely definitely still an option um, on the table, and I know that they'll fight hard, and I know they're one of the teams that have the most cap. Um, but then again, like it's it's a lot of people don't want you to do, you know. So you know you got to take in consideration that you know you got to play your butt off because you never know what's going to happen. Um, and that's how I see it. Not 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 necessarily. Um, there's a lot of times where, you know you've seen other guys go to you know other teams in the north. Um, like people say, the price is right. <laughs> you just, you just never know. But you know, I also do take in consideration that I do consider the fans. You know, that fan base. You know, they made me who I am today. They made, you know, my fan base and you know, what I've created in Pittsburgh is going to very carry a very, very long way. You know, and I think they'll still support me. You know, um, wherever I go, but the north. So that's how I see it. You know, I think we don't give Juju enough credit. Um, I, I, with the words we just listened to, he's obviously thinking about his future and, you know, pointing out the Steelers have a lot of cap space heading the next year. He's also very cognizant about the fact that, you know, he may or may not be playing on the Steelers in 2022. You know, it, it's entirely mm -hmm. up to how the dominoes fall. But if I have some correct insighting information, you were the one who brought that gold out of them, correct? Yeah, obviously. I mean, nobody's asking questions like I'm asking questions. <laughs> Always joking. But Juju, I, I mean, he did save himself there. He's a guy that when I asked the question, I said this before the show, I was real nervous that Juju was going to give another Browns is the Browns answer, which was taken way out of context. That wasn't, you know, that headline exploded when it didn't need to explode mm -hmm. and obviously added some motivation to Cleveland in the playoff game. But I was nervous that he was going to make another headline just saying something that really is truthful that he can't hide. I mean, if you're a free agent wide receiver this offseason, the Ravens offered him a deal that was reportedly bigger than what the Steelers offered him. It's really hard to imagine that next year they're not going to do the same thing or the Browns aren't going to do the same thing. The Bengals have a pretty loaded wide receiver room right now, but you're going to get teams like that. So you have to think, well, Maybe the Steelers are an option, but why would the Steelers offer me a four-year contract worth a bunch of money when they have Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson when and he doesn't want to play on the inside all the time? So I don't know. It makes sense for Juju to go somewhere else, and it definitely makes sense for one of those teams to maybe be the AFC North. 100%. I think a lot of people who thought Juju was going to leave the Steelers here in 2020 Got a lot of flack whenever he resigned it, you know, just kind of looking at it from a financial standpoint. You really couldn't blame Juju if we left. And, you know, at, at least financially speaking, that was kind of the expectation. You know, Juju was a young guy. Nothing is promised. Like he said, you know, anything can happen at any given time. You need to go and secure the bag whenever you can. And, you know, for him to come back, <clears throat> excuse me, with the Steelers, on a lower financial deal compared to some other teams. Yeah, it was a little bit surprising, but I don't think the market outside of Kenny Galladay was what he expected. And, you know, I, I think him re-signing with the Steelers this year, even though the Ravens offered him a little bit more money, I don't think that should carry over into 2022. I think if the Ravens offer him a huge mega deal, 
Mm -hmm. I think he takes it. Oh yeah. You know, I, I, I think like you said, the loyalty only goes so far. And mm -hmm. when you're a young guy looking in the cash in and looking, the salary cap is going to jump up next year. The, the, the salary cap is going to go through the roof next year. And teams are going to have a bunch of cash to spend. And mm -hmm. Steelers are going to have to take care of TJ Watts extension, which might come this off season, you know, right before training camp. I'm not necessarily sure. You have to handle Minka Fitzpatrick among a ton of other Steelers they need to handle, you know, if they were willing to let Juju walk in free agency and let him test out the waters last year when the cap was already in the negatives going into the season, what's going to be any different going to this year? Exactly. I, I will say that, and Juju said this, and I don't know how true it is, but he said that the Steelers are going to be a team with some of the most cap space. And again, I, I don't know what that number is exactly, but I would assume it's pretty high and I would assume it's pretty high for everybody. The problem is, is that he, like you said, he's in a mix of TJ Watt, which I do expect TJ Watt's contract to get done this offseason. Minka Fitzpatrick is another name. Terrell Edmonds is probably another name. And then you got guys like David DeCastro and Joe Hayden who are going to be looking for new deals too, or at least extensions. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say that Juju Smith-Schuster is guaranteed to stay a Pittsburgh Steeler moving forward. What's not hard to say is that he's going to be worth 15 to $17 million in 2022. And whoever wants to offer him 15 to $17 million is the team he should go to. He came back to Pittsburgh to go get the bag next offseason. It was a great move. It was a great move for the Steelers. It worked out for everybody. If next year he decides that he's heading to Baltimore and he's going to play on a four-year $17 million deal, no one should have any problem with it. So right now it looks about the Steelers will have roughly $75 million in cap space in 2022, um, heading into the season, at least right now, obviously things could change with the TJ Watt, you know, new deal and getting on mm -hmm. this off season, so on and so forth. I, I think at the end of the day, it was a very smart business decision for Juju to return to Pittsburgh on a one-year deal, let the salary cap go up next year, you know, kind of reevaluate things from there. You know, I think whenever Juju re-signed and granted, he did choose the Steelers over the Ravens. I can't take that away from him. But a lot of people were pounding the drum on how Juju is a super loyal guy and he would never do anything like this. And I, I think his comments today kind of leave the door open where it's like, hey, guys, you know, I know you guys didn't like Mike Hilton going to the Bengals, but they paid him the bag. I know you guys didn't like Alejandro Villanueva going to the Ravens, but they gave him an opportunity. Why shouldn't I be allowed to do that? Exactly. Exactly. And he said, he said in the beginning of the interview that he came back because he wanted to be loyal to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and that was a thing. And he said that he didn't sign with the Ravens partially because he knows that Ben is his best option, but also because he didn't want to go to Baltimore and have everybody hate him. And that makes a lot of sense. But next year, look, at he came back. He did what he did. He, he gave Ben and this offense an opportunity for a last ride, which is all anybody was asking for. Next year, if the Steelers aren't going to offer him a contract, which they can afford to do, then he could go wherever he wants to go. And just like Mike Hilton, Al, Big Al is a different story, but just mm -hmm. like Mike Hilton, if you want to go get the bag and that bag is in the AFC North, Go get it because this is a business. And if the Steelers aren't going to make business decisions around you, then you have to make business decisions without them. Yep. Perfectly said. Like a wise man once told me they're going to hate you one week and they're going to love you the next week. Make sure you get paid for both weeks. When we return on all Steelers, a possible free agent pickup for Pittsburgh's defensive secondary and of the return of the killer bees.
question mark? Coming up next. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Noah, social media is a ever-growing presence in our business. You know, a lot of players are taking social media to, uh, you know, whether it be demand a trade, demand a release, or kind of just express their feelings. It's how a majority of us get our news on said players a very big part of it. Pittsburgh Steelers have been pursuing free agent safety Malik Hooker the last couple of weeks. He went into Pittsburgh this week for a visit, posted all on Instagram of how he was in the Pittsburgh airport, and he's been interacting with fans a lot. The Steelers seem to be at least somewhat close to getting a deal done with Malik Hooker. What are your thoughts? So, for one, I think a lot of it is, I don't want to say overblown, but it's being thought about too much. Malik Hooker is from Newcastle. He, he's an hour down the road. So the whole Pittsburgh International Airport thing, until he was actually confirmed to be in for a visit, was just a lot of talk. But once he got mm-hmm. here, I mean, that changed a lot of things. It yep. doesn't change two things. One, the Steelers are not going to pay Malik Hooker a big deal to come in and be a backup safety to Terrell Edmonds. It's not going to happen. Two, If Malik Hooker is looking to be a starting safety in the NFL, it's not going to happen in Pittsburgh. He knows that. The Steelers know that. So if that's what his thought is, is that I'm going to be a starting safety somewhere, he's not going to end up with the Steelers. It doesn't matter what that number is. It does add a good dimension to the Steelers' defense. It gives them another good option to have. It allows Terrell Edmonds to play a lot more natural in the box, but Mm – You know, that's a whole other conversation compared to is it going to happen? Because right now, I mean, I would say those odds are still 50-50. And the fact that a deal didn't get done within a couple of days after the visit would push me more towards a no than it would a yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of working in this business for how long you've been, you kind of notice that, hey, you know, if if a guy wanted to get a deal done with the team, he would have got it done either right there at the facility or a couple of days after, you know, agents yep. would be on the phone with the organization, you know, hours upon hours each of the following day to try to hammer a deal done strike while the iron is hot. Uh, hookers visited the Cowboys and the Dolphins, you know, including the Steelers in this little, um, you know, free agency tour that Malik Hooker has been doing, but just kind of switching back to on the field and what he may potentially bring to the Steelers. I'm getting a lot of like those vibes whenever the Steelers brought in Morgan Burnett, whenever they had uh, Burnett, Edmonds, and then I believe it was Mike Mitchell uh, mm-hmm. during Mike Mitchell's last year. You know, the kind of three rotation safety. I think I think you hit it on the head, man. Depth is something the Steelers would definitely like to at least bolster up, you know, add a veteran presence there in, you know, the, the safety department. Would he start over Terrell Edmonds? No. Probably not. Not with – 
um, you know, Minka playing that free safety role, not with Edmonds kind of, you know, running, you know, box to box like he has been. But I, I think it'd be a good depth piece, but it's about whether or not Malik wants to be a depth piece or not. And, you know, I think a lot of these guys, and I'm going to say this, but I, I don't mean in a bad way, a lot of these guys have egos. You know, they don't want to go to a team and sit on the bench and not play at all. These guys want to be starters. They want to be on the field every snap making a difference for the team. And like you said, I just don't see that happening in Pittsburgh unless, uh, you know, the Steelers really don't believe in Terrell Edmonds after not picking up his fifth year option. And they're looking for another guy to slot right next to Minka. But I, I think this deep into the offseason, I, I don't see that happening. No. Uh, and there's a lot to, to take away from this. But for one, Terrell Edmonds, I don't think any faith has been lost between Terrell Edmonds and the Steelers. I just think that they believe that the six point whatever million dollar 50 year option that they were going to pick up is too high of a floor for them to work off of on a long term deal. I also think that if they did sign Malik Hooker, it doesn't change anything about Terrell Edmonds' future with the Steelers. I think that if he's going to stay in Pittsburgh, that's going to happen whether Malik Hooker's here or not. On the field, it obviously gives them an option. I could see a Morgan Burnett, Terrell Edmonds type situation, but I mean, Morgan Burnett was going to be the starter. He got hurt. He basically missed the whole year. Terrell Edmonds had to come in as a rookie and be a starter. And I don't know how that would work out. I I would say, so Terrell Edmonds has played 95% of the snaps the first three years of his career. I think last year was the first year he didn't play at least 90. That's because he dealt with a couple of things. But if you're going to bring in Malik Hooker, you either have to remove some of Terrell Edmonds' snaps or find a way to play Malik Hooker on the field and Terrell Edmonds on the field at the same time. A guy like Malik Hooker, I don't think he's looking for that. The big question, do you think Malik Hooker could get anything better than that? We're pretty deep into free agency. We're we're over here talking about all the time people are talking about, is Steven Nelson ever going to find a job? I'm sure Colts fans are talking about, is Malik Hooker ever going to find a job? Because if you only visited three teams in June and you still haven't signed, you're a former first-round pick. You got seven interceptions playing bare minimum games because of injuries. I mean, you got talent. You got potential. Maybe teams just are more concerned about what he could bring to the field, maybe compared to his price range. Absolutely. You know, to kind of touch on that, this is a normal cliche you'll hear throughout the NFL, the best ability is availability. And that's something Malik Hooker hasn't been able to provide in the last couple of years with the Colts. And that's exactly why the Colts decided to let him walk. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I think should he arrive in Pittsburgh, that might be at least compared to teams like the Cowboys or the Dolphins, it might be his best chance to go and get a ring. You know, I think Malik Hooker um, has made a decent chunk of change in the NFL through a short career so far. Um, and, and I don't really think money's going to be a big priority. I hope not. I hope I money's hope not a big either. priority being in June when in two months, you know, they're going to have to start trimming the roster down from, you know, 90 to 53. Uh, but, you know, that being said, I think a best case scenario would be him kind of realizing, hey, man, like I'm, I'm not playing 90% of snaps in a year. Like I, I just got to go somewhere that fits me good. I think if they were to have him sit behind Edmonds, and have Hooker sub in for Edmonds on passing downs, yep. where Edmonds, historically speaking, hasn't been phenomenal, at least in terms of tracking the football through the air and trying to gain interceptions. I think Malik Hooker is a much better fit for that specific scenario, and I think that's probably the best case scenario for the Steelers should they decide to sign him. I, I agree, and I think that it does a bunch of things on the field for Terrell Edmonds because, like you said, Malik Hooker is obviously a better coverage guy, but Terrell Edmonds could play in the box and and that 
solves replacing Cam Sutton at that dime linebacker that might solve the slot corner situation a lot of the time. We don't know. But for one thing, if you can move Terrell Edmonds everywhere on the field and just let him play football, the, because that's what Terrell Edmonds is. Mm-hmm. When yep. Terrell Edmonds got drafted, he didn't get drafted to be a safety. He got drafted to be a football player. Just put him out there, see what he does best. Unfortunately, he got pushed into safety because of Morgan Burnett's injuries, and now we're here. But if you could get a guy who could come in on third downs, play deep with, with Minka Fitzpatrick, and let Terrell Edmonds just play underneath, maybe find the quarterback, I mean, that could change a lot of things. That could, for, that could spike Terrell Edmonds' whole career. We don't even know. You know, that could be the first time he plays a natural position, which he talks about constantly, how he feels comfortable in the box. I think – when Terrell Edmonds plays his best football, he's near the line of scrimmage. He's he's not thinking about things, you know. And mm-hmm. as a safety, you have the entire defense in front of you. You're constantly going through these these mental checks of who's here, you know, who's there, you know, what formation are they in, down distance, all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. When you take the thinking away from Terrell Edmonds and you let football instincts take over, he's looked pretty good. He, he he's been up there in, at least leading or second or third for the team and total tackles. Every year he's been here, there's obviously something there. It's just not in the coverage aspect of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, could Malik Cooker take over in that scenario? Sure. Only time will tell. I think I'm with you. I think the Steelers and Malik Cooker, if there was something there, they would have gotten a deal done. But I'm not in those negotiation rooms. So, you know, it's kind of a wait and see thing from there. But moving on to a pair of killer bees, at least modern killer bees on the active roster right now, two of them coming back from injury, Devin Bush and Zach Banner, both recovering from ACL injuries. Devin Bush touched on his ACL recovery today. Noah, what do you think? I, I think everything looks good. I mean, it, what you're seeing at OTAs is Banner and Bush out there pretty much every day. I, if, if I had to guess, I'd say I've seen them every single day. They're on the side. They're pulling sleds. Uh, Bush said on Tuesday or Wednesday, excuse me, that, you know, that sled, it started with no weight. Now I think they're carrying 90 pounds at a time, which is pretty good. Um, he, they're out there for some individual drills, not a ton. That They're keeping them away from seven on seven, but that's not really a necessity right now. And it's just allowing them to work their way back into football. That's what Bush said, is that he's just getting back into football. It's going to take a lot of trust on those knees to just be back to 100%, but Recovery wise, I think both of them look good. I would expect both of them to be there at training camp. And I would expect training camp to basically be 100%, maybe 90 to 100%, but I would give them most of the reps. You know, modern medicine's crazy, man, because a oh, torn yeah. ACL almost was like a career ending injury, man. And, you know, the, the fact that we are where we at with, you know, natural science and the fact that these guys can return close to 100% being normal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I, I think the Steelers are going to need both of those guys to return to normal. I mean, um, you know, granted, Robert Spillane and pretty much all the, the other 14 linebackers that stepped up at middle linebacker last year in 2020 played pretty decently. Um, you know, they were missing that rangy sideline to sideline guy that Devin Bush provided and you know, that speed at the inside linebacker positioning, excuse me. Um, so definitely missed that. And then the Steelers, you know, nobody really knows what their offensive line should look like heading into this year. I think Zach Banner anchoring down the right tackle spot will, you know, pay very big dividends if he goes back and returns healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, I was able to speak with him earlier this weekend. Humble flex, don't care. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he he seems really focused, man, just from talking to him. 
Uh, he's like, I'm here to prove everybody wrong and I'm here to prove myself right. And, you know, he, he said he's put in a lot of work. He's been at the facility every single day, aside from two weeks right before free agency. And it, it seems like a guy who looks like he's on a mission, you know, whether or not that'll pan out into the actual season, you know, when, you know, pads get the clock in and, you know, teams start playing each other a little bit more physically, you know, time will tell then. But at least from right now where we're sitting, it, it looks like both of those guys should return to normal. And that's a really good thing for the Steelers. I'll tell you about Zach when, when it comes to being motivated and proving people wrong. He actually walked past me and Nick Farbaugh on Wednesday during practice, and he looks mm-hmm. up and he starts yelling, question mark. And we're looking at each other and we're like, what, do you, what is he talking about? And he's just kept saying it, question mark, question mark. And it clicked to Nick that Nick named him one of the Steelers' biggest question marks on the team. And he took that as motivation, said it. He said it probably two or three times when he walked past us. He just kept saying it. He would yell up, question mark. And you could see it on his face. He was smiling. You know, he's acting. He's always goofing around. But he's motivated. The dude knows that he has a target on his back. He knows that last year was his shot and he got hurt. So now people are going to be thinking maybe he wasn't the answer. Maybe he's not the guy at right tackle. He signed a big contract. He's here to be a starter. He he self-proclaimed Mike Tomlin's savior on the offensive line. There's a lot riding on Zach Banner's back this season. But to to have that mindset, to be there every day, I think it's really cool that him and Devin Bush did not leave Pittsburgh this offseason. They both stayed there to rehab all year long. I just think that says a lot. And I think that says that both of them want to come back and be as strong of a part of this defense and offense as they possibly could. My biggest worry with Devin Bush is that last season he played a hundred percent of the snaps before he was hurt. And the year before that he played 99% of the snaps. That's a lot of snaps for a guy coming off ACL injury. Yep. I don't know. It's a lot, man. It's, it's, it's a, it's a shoulder to burden and coming, going to a guy who's coming off a, you know, freshly, you know, uh, maneuvered ACL, not very ideal, but I, I think the Steelers are going to have to rely on him, man. You know, if, oh, if yeah. Devin Bush is healthy, that's the player you have to plug in and play. And, you know, they, hopefully the ACL can, you know, withstand the amount of snaps he's about to play. Cause you, you better believe, especially after the, you know, how the Steelers looked defensively last year, after he went down for the season, you better bet he's going to be there for pretty much every single snap possible. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's going to be the, the case for Zach Banner as well, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, offensive linemen don't necessarily sub in and out as much as middle linebackers do, but yeah, there's, there's a lot routing on both of those ACLs, man. I can't, I can't understate that enough, but, you know, kind of turning the point on that really quickly, a lot of guys will take liberty and going out to different places in the off season. Um, you know, going to work out, uh, you know, just getting away from Pittsburgh, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think Steelers fans, especially after the losses of guys like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, they wanted the culture change in the locker room. They wanted guys who want to be Steelers. Mm-hmm. And w- what better personification of that than to not only have, um, you know, y- your rehab in Pittsburgh, in the facility, but the kind of, you know, back up everything you've been saying, you know, by resigning with the Steelers, you know, by keeping everything in-house, there's a large portion of trust with these players and the organization. I think that's not necessarily seen as, you know, quote unquote loyalty by, you know, the fans. But I think at the end of the day, like, you know, there's, there's a big trust w- between those two in that relationship. 
And I think the, the culture change has come a, a big, a very, very long way in terms of the strides it's made. Oh, yeah. And that goes across the whole team. I mean, what we just talked at the beginning of this, how Ben Roethlisberger a couple of years ago did not want to coach Mason Rudolph and made that very clear that he didn't want to coach Mason Rudolph. Ben's been at pretty much every single OTAs. He's 39 years old. He does not need to be there. You know, there's three guys, and I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to say who, so I won't, but there's three big-name guys that have yet to show up to OTAs. Outside of that, everyone's been there. So, yeah, there is a culture change, and I don't know if that culture change necessarily came when Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell left, but I can tell you that since they've left, it's built incredibly strong, and this bond bef- between the players and the organization and Mike Tomlin and the rest of them, as you highlighted in your story with Zach, is so tight and so strong and so tight-knit that it's hard to break. And that's going to go a long way in the success of a team that still has holes but has enough talent to maybe be a contender. Well said, my man. Noah, really quick before we go. Uh, you pointed out right before we started that David Carr listed the Steelers <laughs> week one as the Ooh. safest bet to lose. You're playing on the road at Buffalo. Is he right? Is he wrong? I don't – it's hard to say the safest bet because that's – I mean, I don't know what the week one schedule looks like, but mm. I'm, I have a hard time saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers are the team that's definitely going to lose. You know, compared to guys like the Jets and maybe the Giants, I I think the San Francisco 49ers are playing somebody pretty easy. I just I just don't understand how that's the easiest bet, the safest bet that you can make. They are six point underdogs. And will they lose by six points? Yeah, if I had to take a bet on it, I'd say the Steelers are going to lose by a touchdown in week one. But it's on the road in Buffalo. Josh Allen, in my opinion, is probably going to win MVP this season. And that Bills team has done nothing but get better. So will they lose? If I had to take a guess, yes. The safest bet, not a chance. I'm I'm right there with you, man. Nothing is safe in week one of the NFL season. We've seen so many wacky things happen. Because that's the first taste of actual competition. Teams are playing for Mm -hmm. 60 minutes, you know. And, you know, do the Steelers historically start out slow to the season? Yeah. I mean, let's face it. The Steelers always look a little bit rushy the first week of the year, but so does everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think if the game were to be played at home, I think it'd be a little bit different. I, I still think the Bills might walk into Heinz Field and beat the Steelers week one. But on the road with the Steelers going, with everything considered, a brand new offensive line, you know, a lot of question marks about Big Ben Roethlisberger, a new offensive system everybody has to learn. I get it. I definitely get it. And I'm with there with you. If they're going to lose, they're going to lose by six points or more, you know. Uh, but to completely write them off, I'm just not sold on it. Yeah, not a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. But the, the safe bet to get your best Steelers news and insight will be allsteelers.com. SI.com slash NFL slash Steelers. This has been a wonderful experience. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Noah Strack at Donnie Druin and then at SI underscore Steelers. Thank you from both Noah and I, and we'll see you next time. I'm Katie Grossman, the ultra marathon runner sponsored by New Balance. I'm also a creative professional, wife, and mom. Life has gotten crazy, especially after battling a tumor, but running still improves my life, both physically and mentally. Go beyond the run at newbalance.com.
If your loved one is at risk of a fall, the Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health can help support their safety in their home with 24-7 emergency monitoring, even when you can't be there. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub.